I've certainly done wrong in the past, even after I was born again, by arguing and striving with people, usually over a scripture, thinking that I was right. But that is a way of death. There is another way that we can go and should go. And that's what I'll talk to you about on this podcast. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, we read, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's the way strife ends up being. We think we are right. And maybe we even start out in the strife in a right way. But we very quickly end up troubling ourselves and others. So the good that we would do ends up being evil. Often people who follow the letter of the law do these things. They strive for the scriptures, thinking they're doing a good thing, but often they're turned into bitterness and confusion in their strife. The thing God has shown me to do is when these matters flare up, and I'm reminded of a scripture quoted once, and simply say, this is the way I want to go, and leave it alone. Walk away. If that person is trying to prove you wrong, I think you really have to briefly state that which is brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit and then turn away and commit yourself to God and let Him settle the situation. For to continue to try to debate that person is going to hurt you. In Titus, we have the following instruction in Titus chapter 3, verse 9 through 13. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition, you might warn him once or twice, but then just walk away, reject him knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. Heretic basically means that person who resists godly correction and counsel and continues to go in his own way, which is opposite from the truth of the scriptures. There are a great many religious people that do that, When we encounter such, I think we can get in really serious trouble if we allow ourselves to continue to strive with them. State the position once and walk away and leave them alone because it can cause you to sin and you will not be living in a state of peace with them by being around them and knowing their position when it is opposite from the scriptures. One of the most important things for us to do is live in peace 
daily, continually. There will be things that pop up that trouble us. We can live in peace if we can remember to take that situation to God in prayer. Doing what the Apostle Paul said to do in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Sometimes we are troubled by thoughts that come to our mind. Recently, I had the thought come, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What will you do? What, what will you do if this happens? And it got worse because the thought reminded me I'm 83 years old. What if that happens? What, what if this happens to you? I was calling out to God by the time these thoughts bombarded me, saying, help me, please help me. And instantly I heard from the Holy Spirit, God will supply all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. <laughs> because you see, in the minute of panic, we forget things like this. Holy Spirit reminds us of the truth. God will help you. He will supply all your need if that happens. Oh, well, then you don't have a problem, do you? No, that need will be supplied. And by the time God gets through reasoning with us, with his spirit, we're rejoicing. But it isn't rejoicing at first. It's scary. One of my neighbors wanted to know my position on homosexuals and lesbians. The first time I met her, she tried to find out, although I wasn't aware that's what she was doing. The next time she came to the house, she also was trying to find out, but I wasn't aware of what she was doing. And the third time, I was very aware of what she was doing. She said, does this mean you support gays and lesbians? And I said, no, I don't think so. I didn't even know how she ever got to that assumption. I had some tennis wristbands that I had been wearing to support my wrist, and they were pretty. They had bright colors of bands of colors on them, and I didn't know that they have a homosexual lesbian flag, which is bright bands of colors that they carry in their parades. But she thought maybe that meant I supported homosexuals and lesbians, those wristbands, which is what she'd wanted to find out all along because I think she's a lesbian. Does this mean I hate this woman? No, no, no. Does this mean I dislike her? No. But I don't support homosexual lesbians because of what God says in the Bible. But that doesn't mean I have to hate them. I wouldn't probably choose to be around them deliberately any more than I choose to be around fornicators or adulterers or any other sin. These are all sins. And when a person sees through the eyes of God that they are sins, they have an opportunity to turn from that sin. 
God shows his position on homosexual lesbians in Romans chapter 1, and we are simply agreeing with God, with his position. Verse 26, Romans chapter 1, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I presented this scripture to her along with other scriptures in the Old Testament concerning uh, the homosexual sodomite and the destruction of the homosexuals by God. But if you turn from your sin, it's just like we have been. We turn from whatever our sin was when we were enlightened to the truth and we gave up those sins. We don't go back to those sins. We don't go back and do those sins before because God changed us when we were born again. But certainly, we don't live in hatred and strife. We don't want to live in bitterness. And we must not allow ourselves to fall into that. And I believe the way we keep ourselves in peace is by taking the matter to God in prayer and letting him resolve it first in our heart and by continuing to live in the peace that God shows you. Now, I'm not around this, homo, this lesbian woman. I'm not around her. If I saw her on the street, I don't have to bristle and turn from her. I don't wish her evil. I hope she will be saved. And that's what's in my heart toward her. So if I were to meet her on the street, I don't think I would show animosity toward her because that's not what I feel in my heart. I have presented the truth to her in writing and I haven't seen anything of her in about four months. She lives two houses down. I'm not avoiding her. I just haven't seen her. But do I approve and support homosexuals and lesbians or fornicators or adulterers or anyone else doing sin? No, I don't support them. But that doesn't mean I hate them. So keep yourself in peace by turning to God and follow after the Spirit of God and what He tells you to do and you will not Fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what is it that the Spirit of God shows us to do? If we look at Galatians chapter 5, we will see what the thoughts of the Spirit of God are like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Why is there no law against this way? 
because we're going in the way of the law. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those ideas brought to us by God when we are confronted with strife and confronted with difficulties, those ideas will take us in this direction. Otherwise, we would go in the way of the flesh, which is natural to us because we are born through the flesh of man and we have the nature of man, which is the nature of the flesh. But when we have the Spirit of God in us, we choose to go in the way that God shows us at that point in time. And by the Spirit of God, we crucify the works of the flesh and keep them under control. Now, once in a while, the works of the flesh will rise up so strongly, perhaps we'll be in a weakened condition, and they might overcome us temporarily. But when we regain control, we're disappointed in ourselves for doing that. Don't just, just go forward. You have to set it aside and go forward in the way of God because it does no good to be disappointed in your flesh because your flesh will never improve. No matter how much you know about God, no matter how many scriptures you know, if the flesh gets the opportunity to rise up, it will do the works of the flesh. It never gets better. It tells us in Galatians chapter 5 what the works of the flesh are. And the flesh is just waiting there to take over, take control. It's up to us to follow the Spirit, keep it under control. Galatians chapter 5, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, says Paul, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The flesh will try to overcome the spirit, but we cause our flesh to suffer every time we refuse to let it have its way, and we follow the spirit of God. But live in peace. Live in peace. And the way we live in peace is by connecting with God in prayer on the matter at hand. You have troublesome children. You cannot resolve it by fighting them. You will only hurt yourself. Therefore, you go to God in prayer with that problem, laying it out before God. And if you have the Spirit of God, He will lead you in what you are to do. But it, this strife will kill you. And it won't save them. That's the problem. I had a cousin who fought me for 40 years. She was in Church of Christ from the time she was born on this earth. And after I was born again and was doing the work of the ministry, she was trying to stop me continually. I just couldn't be around her, and I really got to the point, I just, well, I had to just leave her alone. But what I did pray is that God would reveal to her 
that he was the one showing me to do what I'm doing before she died. She was 97 the last time she rose up against me. She's probably dead by now. But I had a dream about her not long ago. And in the dream, it was like she knew the truth about me and she was at peace with me. And I was rejoicing because to me, it was an answer to my prayer about her. But I didn't continue to try to persuade her after the last uprising. I just prayed that God would reveal the truth to her. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.